In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Oh, hey, sorry. Um, I was just busy uh, perusing the shop.spreadshirt.com um page and and looking at our newest merchandise so i i'm sorry if i didn't see you there uh welcome to raw and order the wrestling booking unit the only wrestling podcast on the planet with pissant podcast merchandise and i point the wrong direction because i'm still not used to this uh, joining me as always is my co-host and partner in crime fighting District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe, what's going on, man? How are you? The Pissant Podcast. Pissant. See, I got it. I got it right there. Yeah, it's right up there. So, um, apparently no JLB today, I guess. He's been incommunicado. He must have gotten too hungover watching the end of Empower last night. I really wish that was an easier pay-per-view to watch. Yeah. Well, the tough thing is it's it's NWA, which is always good, but it's not like, excuse me, because I got to reposition this a bit. It's not like diehard need to watch TV, right? And it was only on fight. It wasn't on any other streaming service as far as I know, which meant it. I think it cost 50 bucks and it's just hard to justify $50 to for a pay-per-view for a wrestling company that we don't normally watch regardless of how many people on it we do normally watch right Mm -hmm. because it had a lot of names that that are from from AEW and from impact that that we care about but it's just it's just really hard especially knowing that in one week we're going to be dropping money on all out um well and the other piece i mean the, probably the biggest reason to do it would have been that Chelsea it was first Chelsea Green's first match post WWE uh, first pay per view post WWE. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, first so he's done some she's matches. wrestled but... in a few little matches like Impact Wrestling and stuff. Yeah, first pay per view. Yeah. And um, she, if I'm remembering correctly, she was in the the battle royal, and the winner went on to face uh, tonight. And I don't know the results of it because I didn't watch it. But tonight at NWA, um, or maybe no, maybe next time, and maybe not tonight, maybe later. It was tonight. It was tonight. Well, because the only reason I was saying is I will have to look it up. But Camille had a had a match scheduled already for tonight, mm. Um, and so, uh, so that's why I I wondered if. If it wasn't for another, I mean, I'll look it up here in a bit, but anyways, doesn't really matter. I just know that Chelsea Green ended up winning. And in uh, slightly related news, Chelsea Green also has been announced to be at Zello Pro that we will be going to in three weeks now. Three weeks. Three weeks. Yep. Um, so, so, so um, Green, is there uh, a reason you called me on the uh, podcast? I did not mean to. I was oh, okay. 
I'm trying. I, I was tapping uh, on my screen, and it must have accidentally hit. It's all right, man. I mean, I can answer that, but you could just talk to me here. No, I. It was when I was trying to multitask here, and I moved my screen like this, and then I looked up, and when you said that, I looked down and realized my iPad is trying to call you. Um, it's probably trying to. Call well, you me too. and JLB. Yeah. But he's obviously incognito. He might be at the Nebraska State Fair. Yeah. No, he's not going to be at the Nebraska State Fair. <laughs> I don't know if they have a Quebec State Fair, but he might be at that. Quebec Province Fair. Touchy. Touchy. Yeah, again, pointed the yep. wrong direction. No, I was pointing at the mic. Oh, okay. Yes. Because the mic is touchy. Yes. Um, but, uh, but anyways, I'll, I'll look up the, the NWA results and get it figured out. Um, and we won't overthink it (laughs) because again, we don't even know the storylines that are flowing there. Well, I do know one, one result that I just saw come across my Twitter feed and that's Nick Aldis lost the title um, who do you lose to uh trevor murdoch i think i remember him uh, oh no you're right it was nwa uh camille versus chelsea green uh nope camille retained so yay chelsea green will not be the nwa women's champion when she comes to zello pro But if her fiance comes, we will get the GCW champion. We we might see that. Uh, speaking of fiancés coming, uh, Jordan Grace's significant other, Jonathan Gresham, is going to be there, and I'm excited Good. about that. Good. I'm gonna need your help, bud. I'm gonna need some backup. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna be able. To. He's, <laughs> he's the Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Champion right now. Just right? on your hands and knees behind him. And I'll push him. Yeah. No? I I doubt. I doubt that will work. Dang it. All right. Um, but yeah. And then afterwards, Ric Flair celebrated with Trevor Murdoch. So that's good. Um, Woo! Yeah. Uh, and then um, also, I noticed on the Zello Pro um, updated poster that uh warhorse is gonna be there and i know you're not super familiar with warhorse except for his one match on aew um but uh i follow him on twitter and tiktok uh and he's hilarious and tons of fun so i'm excited there but anyways we're going to go ahead and get into the crimes here in just a second. I'm going to take the moment, though, to remind everyone that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. What's so that? The Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. You can head okay. on over to tatnusco.com. Just click up there um, in the little uh, thing and go T-A-T-T-N-E-S-S-C-O.com and then press enter. And then uh, you'll go to Tatnus Co. And, and you'll get to see the network there and see all the other I'm going to do that right now. There. Yeah, you can do it after the show. Yeah. We lost him. I'm just listening. Oh, he's back. 
<laughs> but but yeah, you can say, see the other shows on the network there. Um, give them a listen and come back uh, to check us out. But on that note, we're going to go ahead and get into the crime since it's just the two of us. DFA, you got these. a crime to go with? I'm going to start off with making um, sugar substitute cookies today. I have been farting like a machine, but it's <laughs> been unbelievable. Um, they're not bad, though. They aren't bad at all. Anyway, um, moving forward. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I, I'm going to throw a crime, a, a negative crime at some marks, uh, in, in, in specifically smarks, a Mark smarks, um, along with all his other little peons that agreed with him that Becky Lynch shit all over, um, Bianca Belair because nope. If you watched SmackDown last night or two nights I, ago, sorry, I, I, it was I, not I shit on Bianca. Oh. It introduced several people into the title picture. It's still shit on her. I'm 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 gonna stand by this because here's the deal. She still got punked out in seventy three three seconds, twenty seven seconds. Excuse me. There you go. Twenty seven seconds. Uh, and and here's the again. I'm not saying I said this on on multiple times that night, and I said it on the FBI. I'm not saying I had a problem with her losing. It's how she lost, right? They could have had a five minute match where Becky cheated to win. Um, and and here's the deal: is if Becky's gonna be a heel, I needed the turn to be more more pronounced because that wasn't a turn. It, it was a handshake into a cheap shot into a body slam pin. Well, I think the funny part is they they had her give a promo that was supposed to make the heel turn, and the fans were like, "Yeah, yeah." And that's the, and the ultimately the problem is um, for her to make a heel turn, it's it's got to be a very very big obvious betrayal, and that wasn't what happened, right? It's shaking hands with Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 17. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's got to be not. In fact, in fact, that's what it should have been. Is it should have been she comes out to challenge, um, a short match. Uh, she gets, uh, she makes a pinfall using some sort of cheap shot or whatever, right? A pinfall and then a crooked ref fast count, uh, based on an authority figure, right? And I'm. I'm going to say this now, and I know I'm going to get heat from some people about this. WWE needs to bring back the Crooked Authority figure. I, a good Crooked Authority a figure. A good one. It's got to be a good one, yeah. But they, they need to bring back someone. Bring someone in. They had a little bit They had a little bit of that um, with, uh, oh, um, Sonya Deville. But the thing is, she's not. But that wasn't as a... really all yeah. that crooked. It was just, nope, I'm not going to do it for you. Sorry. Yeah, it wasn't crooked. It was just, I'm not going to do it. For, you know, and that's the deal. Is it, it needs to be a fast count, crooked authority, is some sort of screw job to truly put her on the heel side. Because here's the deal: is what she did wasn't heel enough in any way, shape, or form, right? Especially on... for how solid of a tweener she is. Yeah, but on top of it. And this is what I say. It's, I don't care how well Bianca Belair performed in 
in the the battle royal or fatal four way or whatever it was technically called um that that won her her chance back at the belt i don't care because to me she still took two moves and was pinned cleanly by uh becky lynch two moves and yes you can argue one of them was a cheap shot but she's supposed to be the strongest bestest fastest and two moves two got her a clean pin that's that's i don't care what storyline they're telling that's a burial and that's the wrong way to do it no it she is... was just a different est that night she was the sleepy est yeah. she is uh, the loser est <laughs> apparently but but in the end she was the punk est um <laughs> They punked her out, and that's the problem. Like I said, I didn't have a problem with Becky Lynch winning the belt through heel tactics and all this. Don't have a problem with it. The problem is doing it in 27 seconds. Um, you know, we've and here's the deal. I'm gonna point to you, and and say you were one of the the podcast people, one of the people out here who was so pissed off when Brock Lesnar came back and beat Kofi Kingston in eight seconds, right? Different um, story. Different it's, story. It is and it isn't. It's still a returning person who comes in and beats the champion uh, in in a way. And how long has it taken Kofi Kingston to recover the the pop that he had? Duh, he hasn't. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the problem here with, with Bianca Belair's. She didn't come out and she didn't get hailed as the hero when she came out. She came out and she did a fatal four-way and frankly, I bet you a lot of people in the crowd by that point were like, you know, I I would be fine if Liv Morgan won. But in that crowd, I was one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, in fact, I'm going to say it. I, I think the story, if they're really wanting to tell this as a comeback Bianca Belair story, it should have featured someone else winning that fatal four-way. It should have featured Bianca Belair having to come up from the bottom. But the simple fact is, effectively, what they told us is Bianca Belair can win the title at WrestleMania, can face off against a couple of people, but when a true champion comes, she punks out in 27 seconds. She beat a true champion. She beat, well, okay, she beat somebody who who drops, who's 0-6 at WrestleManias. But still, also fits kind of in the primes. But we've talked about the Sasha booking crime. So. Mm-hmm. No, we've talked about the Sasha, Sasha Bear. But it, in the end, oh, I'm I'm so close to being done with that <laughs> T-shirt. By the way, I am so close. I cannot wait to launch it. I'm just I'm just debating <laughs> on doing a slight art change, but it's so slight I might not do it. Uh, I am so close. Um, but no, that's the deal. I mean, we've made a we've made a lot of conversation on this very podcast about how Sasha Banks is what has successfully defended her title once. Oh, the last time she said she defended it quite a few times, but but she's never won at WrestleMania. Zero wins at WrestleMania, and of her title wins, she's only defended it one streak. But I think she had four or five title defenses there. It was SmackDown. Yep. I didn't think she had that many, so I'm gonna. Well, I'm she gonna has more than one. It's, it's 
it's it's a few times. But I thought it was like five or six. Because there were two against Bailey. Um, So there's at least three. First reign of the SmackDown. I talked about it before. I'm gonna have to go to a different place to get it. I I know she didn't have a ton of defenses. Um. Um. But my point is, in the end, still, regardless of how many defenses she had, we've talked about it before that she's shown a long-term history of not being able to defend it. And so, yeah, sure, she beat Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. Again, you've said it, Sasha Banks always loses at WrestleMania, so that's not a thing. But my point is, that's that was the star-making thing, but how many times has Becky Lynch beat Sasha Banks for a championship? Twice, probably. Yes. So, so in the end, the story that was told is a true champion comes in and punks out Bianca Belair in 27 seconds. And, and that's, again, I'm not saying the story is bad. I'm saying the way they told the story is bad, right? Because they could tell this story with keeping Bianca Belair looking strong. Because you can have a champion, a face champion, defeated strongly right with cheating and all that stuff and then you set up uh becky lynch as a true heel because she comes in and beats the tar out of anyways but go ahead continue with your crime because i'm just defending myself on this because i still 100 percent, and i think everyone else because i watched the the parts of smackdown involved in this and in the end i don't i still don't think it set bianca Belair up as a strong competitor a strong challenger to get it back i'm not interested in that feud because they didn't set it up properly they told the first act of that that story wrong so here's here's my true belief if they do the do the two smackdown titles the way i expect that they should do them it's something that we've said for years. I mean, we've done this podcast for two years, almost to the day. Um, next week will be our, our 104th week doing this. Um, two years we've done this. And in those two years, I am 100% confident that up until now you would have agreed that there needs to be multiple people in the title picture and the titles need to move around so that you can establish credibility to all of those multiple people. Yes, but I will also say, I always said that it needs to be competitive. So I think that that happens. I think that that happens. I think that, I think that Bianca gets the title back. Um, I think that that opens the chance for Liv Morgan to come in. They have five, five, six legitimate female competitors that I could see being title title carriers. Um, the weakest of those being Mela. I, I, I think Mela 
Mella plays the good, cheat to win. Um, the new character, um, the best looking woman in in WWE. They, nobody gives a shit. It's not. It's not a. Uh, it's not a modeling contest. Number one, number two, you're not. Um, not, and I ain't saying you're ugly. I'm just saying you're not the best looking. Um, and so what a lame gimmick. Anyway, um, the the facts are. If we start seeing that title move around, it's going to establish a lot of credibility. I think that the SmackDown men's title is prime for the picking to do this with Brock coming back, with Finn coming out over and over and over and over. You know Edge is moments away from asking for his title shot again, uh, or for going for a title shot again. You know Seth is after it again. Biggie's got the case. Happy Corbin now wants the title. That's the only reason he would want the case is to get the title. All of those types of things. Shinsuke's a king. If you start moving the title around, you're going to have some significant followability. There's going to be a reason to watch. Now... Do I think that they'll do that? I don't know. I we started the year with a predictions uh, predictions statement about who would hold the titles at the end of the year, and I said Roman would still have the title at the end of the year. I predicted he would lose it sometime during the year, and he has yet to do that. Um, I think it would be foolish of them to try and break Brock's record in an attempt to really bury the CM Punk record. Shut up. Nobody talks about that record anymore. You don't have to try and break Brock's record. This title needs to move. You can have Brock fight Roman off the title, which is really, I think, the primary reason you put it on Finn. You can have Roman get back the title. Brock then fight Roman on the title. You can have um, a earned match from from Baron Corbin. You can have an earned or Happy Corbin. You can have an earned match from from uh, uh, Shinsuke, the uh, Seth, uh, Edge. There's plenty of opportunities to have earned matches for those title shots and to have them move around. Or surprise, this guy is in like in like Flynn with uh, Vince, and now he gets a title shot. And Seth is a great guy for that. Great guy for that. Um, so there's plenty of opportunity to move that title around. I think this opened up the door to do that. I think we established dominant Bianca Belair, media dominant Bianca Belair, who's capable of going to meetings and or to interviews and all that stuff and cutting great interviews, great promos. We now have Becky Lynch back, who under no uncertain circumstances cuts bad promos. In fact, probably the best in the women's division. Um, I would have liked another second and a half to two second pause when she apologized, but she was so amped up that she immediately was like, for absolutely nothing, <laughs> you know? And, and so she jumped right after it. I know you hated it. I get it. Um, I, I didn't hate that part. I hated everything that came before it. And, and again, <laughs> what I'm telling you is in the end, I agree with you that bouncing a, a title around can be good. But it needs to be bounced around in a competitive manner. And punking, I think it will be. And punking think... out your champion in 27 seconds is not doing it in a competitive manner. Uh, doing that in 20. And that's why I said even just a three minute long match 
<sighs> Even sugar free cookies. Long, three minutes long, and then and then add in a, an absolute cheat finish because that's the deal here. It's in the end, the reason it punked out uh, Bianca Belair is it's not just the twenty seven seconds, but how because in the end. Becky Lynch didn't overtly cheat. Yes, it was a cheap shot, but cheap shots happen in every match, right? And be, and to be perfectly honest, you, you think Sasha Banks didn't use a cheap shot in the uh, four, five matches that Bianca Belair beat her, right? Five matches Bianca Belair beat Sasha Banks, right? And Sasha Banks was a heel and cheated. And still was able to win. So to have her lose to two moves in twenty seconds. But it wasn't seconds. a manhandle slam. That could be her weakness. I mean, for God's sakes, Miro's weakness is a DDT. And, oh, I have problems with that. But in the end, <laughs> uh, in the end, um, it was it was a punk slam, is what it was. It wasn't even a good. I would have preferred to see. I would have preferred to see a Bailey to Belly at that point. I know it's Becky Lynch and not Bailey, but I'm telling you that Becky Lynch's slam did not look powerful enough to be. I would have preferred. You know. I would have preferred a like I said on the other one, a cheating use of the disarmor, right? Um something like that. You could even have you can even tell the story with a pass out um to be an ultimate face move i'm fine with it but two moves one of them being a cheap shot and one of them being a single body slam um and then he, she wins and and everything that's where i have issues with this is because it made bianca belair who was a relatively dominant champion although i'll also point out um the only person that she ever beat uh, <laughs> defending the title was Sasha Banks. Ah, right? oh, Sasha Bear, my poor friend. Poor, poor Sasha Bear. And so, in the end, I don't think they were able to establish Bianca Belair as a as a dominant champion because she only ever defended the belt against Sasha Banks, and then the first person other than her to to compete against it. But she went against she went against uh, 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 prettiest girl in the world or whatever her name is now. Um, Carmella didn't she? She defended against Carmella at one point. I don't think. It, well, I'll go. Maybe look. she just had matches with Carmella. Yeah, I'll I'll go look to to be certain. I did want to point out that I checked, and uh, Sasha Banks did have four title defenses. Okay. Um, but. Two of them were against Carmella, so it was only three separate, uh, uh, separate people. And I also want to point out that she also had a title uh, defense loss in the middle there, but it was by DQ, and so she didn't lose the. See, there we go. Well, thanks. So. There we go. See. So here, let's see. Let's hey, keep uh... keep the gold, baby. Keep the gold. Anyway, I think I think it opens the doors. I uh, especially if Sasha is coming back. Um, we don't know really. Uh, maybe you do have some news on it, but I don't have any news regarding uh, we, what they're actually doing there. Uh, in the end, we know Sasha Banks was not backstage at SmackDown, and um, uh, all the reports have it that she has not been back at WWE 
sense this. And so... Um, ah, Godspeed, and I hope her health is okay. Mm-hmm. Like, at this juncture, where we're, we're, you're out for two weeks now, um, boy, I, I, I really, I really want to say, you know, three weeks now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I want to say, hey, Godspeed, and I hope, I hope, yeah. uh, whatever your health issues are, they're they're good health issues. I hope maybe you're pregnant or something like that. Yeah. I sure, I sure hope it's not like you know. Well, the reports had congestive it. heart failure or something. Yeah. The report, yeah, the reports had it that it was not COVID, but it was some sort of an injury. Um, Godspeed in her recovery. Yeah, and so, but in the end, that's that's really what I'm saying is I. I think the way that they had Bianca Belair lose the title hurts her too much for her to recover, especially for her to recover in one week and win a fatal four way. And now I'm the number one contender again. It, that does not build this up. What would have built this up in this way would have been a more competitive match where she still loses to a returning Becky Lynch um, in cheating style or whatever. But you have these competitive matches, and you can bounce it back and forth between three or four people. But the way it builds it is when it changes hands um, in competitive matches with the winner either being the heel that cheats to win or the face that overcomes cheating to win. Face that runs the place. Sorry. Um, Well, here's the thing. Extreme Rules is the next one. This you can you can easily sell her winning in an Extreme Rules match. Um, you can have Becky fight for her opportunity. Like I said, there 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 is a ton of room for this title to move around, just like there is in SmackDown. Uh, I would say the the scary thing is there's not that room in Raw men's or women's titles. We've seen the contenders on Raw women's titles. There are four of them. There's Asuka, there's Nikki A.S.H., if you want to call her that, call her a, a title contender. There's, um, and yeah, you could you could say um, Shayna Baszler is a title contender, not the way they booked her. Yes. So, well, oh. they have to book her Rhea out Ripley, of the tag team. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, yes. Yeah, otherwise they have six, and you could have that tag team together, Still and still have six contenders, and they just are both contenders for the title. Like that, you can do that. Um, the raw men's is, is probably even scarier. You have Drew, you have Bobby, supposedly Goldberg. Yeah, I mean, I they're they're building up on Jesus. This Wikipedia Riddle and Orton, be, I suppose, maybe. Uh, this Wikipedia needs to be updated because it still lists Bray Wyatt as a Rob wrestler. But anyways, uh, Damian Priest, they're definitely pushing towards main event. Um, yeah. So and that's a possibility. And and I mean, that. do they have the contender? Sure, they absolutely. You can put the Miz back in the title hunt in a heartbeat. Um, I, do I'm you have a contender with John that, Morrison? Yeah. But I'm right now, talking about built, the ones that, that they've actually, because they had uh, Damian Priest come out and uh, face off with Bobby Lashley last yeah, week. On yeah, Raw. they've so got two built. He is in the title uh, yeah. picture. Whether, conversation. Whether, yeah, whether he... And which, has, which by default means Sheamus is in the title conversation mm-hmm. because he was he, Bobby Lashley bailed on him. So I'll give you that there's maybe four, but a believable two. 
But, in, but in, so, on SmackDown, uh, there is a believable six. Yeah. Ta- talking about uh, Raw, we do also have to point out that Alexa Bliss has been put back into the main event title picture. Picture, yeah. Right now. So, um, I suppose. But, but again, and, and Raw has it. Like, they have enough women to pull it off. You just have to book them that way. Like, Asuka's not really booked that way. But it's not a hard switch to put Asuka into that picture. Um, Nikki A.S.H. shouldn't have been in that picture as Nikki A.S.H. She should have been as Nikki Cross, but not as Nikki A.S.H. Um, and could easily be put back in that picture. So there's room to put these people in their pictures, in the picture for these title hunts. But um, I think Becky is is enough of a draw that 27 seconds makes sense. I, I'm absolutely okay with it. I know you're pissed off about it, but we I was I've been waiting a week because it was a hissy fit that people threw <laughs> right afterward. And and, and every damned if they them... damned if they didn't cut a promo that makes it just that much better. No. Fuck yeah. And and here's the deal. It's every single person I've talked to who is on the same side as me is still just as pissed about it now. Uh, that and every person who's nothing. on my side is fuck yeah. But my point is that promo changed nothing. Changed nothing for us because we knew that promo was coming. It didn't help set up Bianca Belair. Her coming out and winning the Fatal 4-Way didn't help set her up more, especially since she won the Fatal 4-Way against... Liv Morgan, uh, who else was in it? I'm trying to remember. Uh, there was uh, uh, Zelina Vega and uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Carmella. Carmella. Right, so Carmella, who got punked out by Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. Uh, Zelina Vega, who's lost almost all of her matches since she came back, right? So here's the deal. It's like if Bianca Belair had lost that match... Um, she was the only one in that match that I expected to win, right? I would have preferred Liv Morgan to win that match and Bianca Belair have to come from the back, you know, uh, to do it. But right now, she went into a women's number one contender match against three other people who are not on her level. Um, The only crime that occurred in that setup, I'm just going to say it, the only crime that occurred in that entire setup was Sasha not being there. And I still disagree. And I will I I will say For an eternity, apparently, you're gonna latch on to this one. Yeah. Because if that title starts bouncing and it builds six people, you still gonna say that? If if it starts bouncing and builds six people, no. But the thing is it's not going if to If it builds four. We'll just say it's four. It's not gonna build Mel- four. I don't think Mello it'll build three. Build. I don't think because here's the I a I don't think it's gonna bounce. I think you're gonna have Bianca Belair lose at Extreme Rules because Extreme Rules always favors the heel. Always. And but we don't WWE... know that she's a heel. Becky, Becky, one hundred percent is a tweener. She's Be- a tweener. No, because here's the deal: is we know for a fact that Becky requested to be a heel. She wants to be a heel, and that's why she's delivering these heel promos. She's not being responded to as a heel because she's mistaken in thinking that she's in a position to become a heel right now. Just like, just like Stone Cold was. 
Mm-hmm. Just like Stone Cold was dead wrong in 2003. Yep. He thought he thought for sure he could pull off heel heat, and he he flat out says it's the wrong move. Yeah. Not only was it the wrong move, he flat out says it darn near killed his career at that point. Yeah, right. it, it may very well kill, be it been what killed, started killing WWE long before CM Punk left, mm-hmm. or yeah. was there for that matter. And and that's the deal is is what I, I will think... say though. I think this opens a door for Sasha as Kurt Angle, for um, you know, uh, Becky is the is Stone Cold, Bianca's the Rock, you know, these these multiple characters to be the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you could pull that off on, on Smack. I, I really think with the exception of the, of the raw title, the raw men's championship, the WWE championship, the, the door is vastly open for a two year period to really sell. Oh my God. There's so many great wrestlers when right now that's what AEW is selling is. Oh my God. There's so many great wrestlers. <laughs> But they aren't moving the title onto these people on a regular basis, and and I think I think I think WWE set up if they do it. If they don't, then it's a horrible move because you're right. It does in small suit bury Bianca. I don't think it's a long term burying them. I I, I think, think she takes the title back. I I think the simple fact is. I think even if she does take the title back, she's not going to take it back in Extreme Rules because, again, we know Becky Lynch is trying to be a heel. The crowd isn't reacting to her as a heel, but she, which means she's going to come out and she's going to try to be more of a heel and more of a heel and more of a heel. But at Extreme Rules, that always favors the heel. Becky um, needs a sidekick that sings a song. yippee ki Yep. But But on top of that... <laughs> Um, the only way it would build Bianca Belair back up is if she absolutely dominates Becky yes, in some way. And they're not going to do that because Becky is, in their mind, their savior, right? Their, their ratings have been flagging on SmackDown. Their ratings have been flagging even worse on Raw. They've been getting heat from, from Fox for SmackDown and from... USA Network for for Raw's ratings and all this stuff. They've seen this pressure from AEW that they won't even admit to to understanding. You know, we don't see that as pressure at all. Uh, But that pressure's there. They see this. They reacted to that pressure by pulling the trigger on bringing two people back to SmackDown, Brock and Becky, early. Becky was not originally scheduled to come back. They made that decision that week. To bring her back. The only right. reason you bring Brock, in my humble opinion, the only reason you bring Brock back after this ever again is for Kofi to beat him. Yeah. That would give you pop and a half. If you have yep. Kofi get oh. the title and be like, well, there's only one person that I really have to defend this against. Yeah. Well, be prepared. Reports have it. We have Brock for the next, um, I want to say they said 18 months with eight to 10 matches out of him. That could happen then. Uh, but he's he's on SmackDown, and so they'd have to move Kofi to SmackDown. And now they, they are having a draft in Brock. a few months. Yeah, they can move uh, Brock. Well, they they are having a draft in a few months, so they could move Brock or they could move Kofi. I'd prefer. Actually, to... the move is to move Brock to Raw after after he loses to Roman. Um, in a non-title match, he loses to Roman because Roman's lost the title to Finn. Um, and have Brock just before just before 
Survivor Series, go to SmackDown, um, or go to Raw, have Brock get the title from Bobby Lashley, which is fine. Nobody's going to be pissed off about that. Survivor Series is Brock versus Roman again, which is a good sell. Whether you like it or not, it's a good sell. And then um, Kofi takes the title back. Um, at, at at whatever the end of the year one is. So I, I'm going to put out there that um, this is my prediction. Uh, my prediction is 100% uh, Finn does not take the title off of Roman. I think um, that's a horrible decision. I th- I think I'm not, I'm Finn not taking it off. The, in fact, this is the perfect setup. Because if he takes it off of Roman next week, Roman takes it back off of him at Extreme Rules. I think that is a perfect setup. I I don't necessarily argue with you. I don't think it's happening. And that's why I'm saying these are predictions. These are not me saying this is what they should or shouldn't do. This is my prediction based on what I've uh, based on what I've seen from WWE over the years, based on knowing how I, know. I just Vince think McMahon it's a perfect reacts. Uh I don't think Vince McMahon actually has any faith in Finn Balor as a champion. Period. Uh and so he is never going to put Finn Balor in the position oh, as a champion. Again. It's a perfect place to have him lose it again, right? After I'm, an Extreme I'm, Rules I'm, match I'm is the place for Finn you. to lose the title. I'm not arguing like, with you. I'm just saying I don't see Vin, Vince McMahon ever putting the title on him again. I think Vince McMahon regrets putting the Universal title on him in the first place, even though he only had it for one day. Uh, I think Vince McMahon in fact, honestly feels like that was the beginning of the end. I'll even book that match. Yeah, I know this isn't a fantasy booking, but I'll book the match where Finn has the title, Roman takes it back from him, and you don't hurt Finn. I do it in a tables match. Finn puts Roman on the table to do a uh, to do a uh, uh, the stomp thing that he does the coup de gras to do a coup de gras to him. Roman rolls off the table. Finn goes through the table. Finn loses the title. I think it's perfect. I'm not arguing with that. I'm I'm 100% on your side. I'm a Finn Balor nerd. I've got two different Finn Balors on the wall behind me. And you're um, okay with him losing three, the title at, at Extreme Rules because, of I, course, the bloodline is a huge group. Is a yeah, group. But in the end, what I'm saying is it's Vince not won't do going it, to happen. Vince won't do it. And that's if the, he does, if, if he does, the, you'll know Friday. Yeah. Here's the deal. The simple fact is... Um, the edict coming from inside WWE, the whole reason they're revamping NXT is, is almost laser focused at Finn Balor, right? It's almost like saying Finn Balor is the perfect example of why NXT failed. See, and because, I feel like because Finn Balor... NXT, NXT went after the independent wrestlers like the Finn Balor, like the uh, Adam Coles, the Johnny Gargano's and all of this stuff, right? Instead of going after the big bodybuilders who act, who I honestly believe can throw people around. That is, that is the insider report as to the whole mentality that Vince is doing from now on with NXT is they're going to focus on uh, finding people for the look with the idea we can teach them how to wrestle as long as they've got the right look. And fit, the, that whole mentality is laser focused on people like Finn Balor saying, you're the reason that we uh, have been struggling at NXT and haven't been producing stars because you're an indie talent who can't get over on the main roster. 
I would suggest I, that I Vince does know him. the value in some small wrestlers. I think he had too many small wrestlers in his mind, but at the end of the day, he does want to keep Adam Cole. Um, whether or not he did, we still don't know. Um, he does want, and I think he'll want to keep Finn Balor, and here's why. I think he sees Finn Balor as a potential HBK or Rey Mysterio um, who can have the title for a short stint and and get huge pop when he does it. Yeah, um, and I think uh, Vince McMahon sees Finn Balor as cannon fodder, um, and maybe we can throw the IC or the uh, USA title on him. Uh, at some point, you know, to keep him happy. But here's the deal. He sells merchandise, and so I want to keep him around because he sells merch, um, and that makes us money. But I, like I said, I, I think if you were to give Vince McMahon um, a time machine right now and said you could go back to any time in the last 10 years and change something, the first thing he would do is go back and change it so that Finn Balor didn't win the Universal title. Because I 100% believe he thinks that's where things started to go wrong for WWE. See, and and looking at Finn Balor and looking at Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is a 225-pound man, 220 maybe. There's there's really only 35 pounds of difference there, and you cannot – it's tough to see it. It is tough to see it. It's there, but it's tough to see it. I don't understand where Vince could possibly think that that's – it's not well, – Ray Mysterio versus Big I, Show here. I got to be honest. I I really think uh, Seth Rollins is probably not in Vince McMahon's playbook now anymore. Too. You think he only wants big dudes and, and he think, doesn't want an I, HBK? He doesn't want a uh, Bret Hart. He doesn't want a. Well, he didn't he want did, a Bret Hart when he had a Bret he Hart. He didn't want Bret Hart or HBK. The only reason he got them was the steroid scandal. And uh, he doesn't have to worry about that now, so he's going to be like, fuck, I'll get the, the big guys now. Um, and so he's going to go after. But again, both Seth Rollins and Finn Balor were indie wrestlers that were recruited into NXT slash OVW, whatever, um, uh, to, because of that to bring in, right? And that's the uh, exact example of what... Vince McMahon does not want anymore. Again, I, I, the direct just, quote is, we, we can get the look, we can teach them the wrestling, right? We, he wants to create stars, and he doesn't think the indie wrestlers are ever going to be the, the, the wrestling, the sports entertainment stars, right? And I, I'm going to point, I'm going to say there's a, a wide brush for this. I don't think he thinks Shinsuke Nakamura is is a championship material. I think he, at most Intercontinental, right? That's all he'll ever see for Shinsuke. I don't think he thinks Kevin Owens belongs in the main event. Uh, he says Kevin. See, Owens I think the thing you the can't mic. teach is charisma. And and uh, Vince McMahon argues with that. Uh, and I think you can look at the history of WWE and you can see that. His his whole mo has been almost always go after look and and we can we can get around that other stuff right. How many people have been pushed to the stars in WWE that had no charisma, right? That were entirely based on 
them being well, star potential in certain ways, right? Like the great I mean, colleague. Well, 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 I'd actually say Brock. Brock has very little. Brock's not very likable. Brock's just a legitimate badass. Like yeah. his charisma li- lies in the fact that he could he could kill in hand to hand combat. He could kill ninety uh, percent of people, and the only ones that could kill him would be better trained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but. But I'm, I, like I said, uh, his charisma lies in that. So I, and I understand. I just, I have hopes. I have yep. dreams. I have fantasies. I'm 43 They're, years I old. One. Vince McMahon has, has, uh, got all my hopes and dreams and smushed them out like a cigarette. Um, I, I see in WWE, right? Um, I mean, here's a perfect example. He thought Drew McIntyre was was the chosen one um, and pushed him to the stars. Drew McIntyre had very little charisma um, and not as much skill in the ring. Drew McIntyre had to go off and bulk up and learn charisma on the indies before he could come back. He didn't learn charisma. He had the charisma. Vince didn't use the right charisma before. Um, The same thing with Bobby Lashley, right? They pushed Bobby Lashley to the stars, but he didn't have... The charisma at the time he had to go. They off didn't make to, him a heel. Like that's what he needs to be is a heel. But they, he had to go off to to Impact Wrestling and whatever and learn that charisma. But you go back, um, you know, Jinder Mahal is a perfect example. I, God, I think he has heel heat like out the ass. He so. might have heat, but he doesn't have charisma, and there's a difference there. But I'm going back even farther, and I'm going to point out the ones that that he pushed to the stars because he thought they were who he wanted, right? They thought Alberto Del Rio, right? Yeah, okay. You know, uh, lacked charisma, lacked character, lacked, but had had the look that. The look and the entering work. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in the Cena uh, era, so I have to scroll quite a bit here um, to get past the Cena's. But I, I I will say, I think I think Jinder's got charisma. I think he's got a hateability charisma. Um, I think I'm going to bring up mostly because he's been crimmed down our throat. But uh, I'm going to bring up someone who is who is champion for 280 days. That uh, I personally think has the the charisma of a sack of potatoes, and that's JBL. <laughs> Fair enough. It really was one of the more boring um, title runs. You're right. Like he 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 had all the in ring and the look, and fuck, he was boring. It was just fucking I'm, boring. I'm gonna point out an example. I'm rich. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna point out an example of someone who. Uh, did not have the charisma until he'd been in the business for a while. Uh, but he was pushed to the stars long before he figured out the charisma thing. And that's Kurt Angle. He developed it eventually. He had the look but, and the in-ring work, too. But though. he had the look and the in-ring work, right? And um, it was enjoyable to watch him, mm-hmm. mostly because he was surrounded with people with charisma. Yeah. I'm going to point out the great Kali, even though he was never champion. Um, yeah, he was. Not WWE champion. He didn't come up on this list. 
I'm pretty sure he was. I think Batista beat him for the championship. Now, that's a dude that, that he wants 10 of those, and that's fine because Batista does have the charisma. And, I mean, Batista's just a generally enjoyable person to watch. I know he gets a lot of heat. The It is pure booking heat. He thought he should have come back as a heel. It's 2014 booking heat. That's the only reason not to like Batista. He was really very entertaining in the ring. Um, he was safe. Yeah. Yeah. Great Khali doesn't show up anywhere on this list. So I thought they, he had. That this might, there might be something wrong with this list, but I'm back to 1999 and he did not appear anywhere. Well, I thought it was in like 14 or 15. Yeah. I know. That's what I, I scroll back from or... now, now to 1999 and he was not on the list anywhere. Um, but regardless, so we're not going to see that in, in the, that concession. We might see it in the women's division, and that's my, my that's my hope, that's my dream, that's that's. And it is what made Charlotte enjoyable before now. Yep, and I was that the title was ago, moving from her. I learned a long time ago not to uh, do any hopes and dreams when fucking Vince McMahon's involved. Okay, I don't think it's the wrong move so long as they do the right things from there. Yeah, and a, I don't think they're going to do the right things. And B, I think it's still the wrong move even when they do that. But my my point is, if we go back and we look at, we're even going to go way back and look at the people Vince McMahon uh, chose as champions, um, you know, and and kind of look like Sergeant Slaughter had some charisma, but uh, you realize we're fifty four minutes on this crime, so. Yep, that's fine. Uh, uh, Under Undertaker has a type of charisma, but really his whole thing was based on he didn't need charisma, right? Yokozuna had basically no charisma. No charisma. Uh, Bob Backlund nope. didn't have a ton of charisma. Uh, Bob that was Backlund actually his also, character. Yeah, his character Bob, was no charisma. Bob Backlund. <laughs> but Bob Backlund also didn't have the look that Vince McMahon really wanted, which is why his reign was only three days long. There. And um, he was beat by the look mm-hmm. on a house show. Uh, yep. Um, exactly. And and here's the deal: early Diesel didn't have a ton of charisma. He had to develop it, right? Uh, Psycho Sid had some charisma, but not exactly what you'd call great charisma. Um, and so, in the end, Vince McMahon is really about the look and says, I can teach charisma. I can take a, a person and I can teach them wrestling and I can put them in uh, promo school and they can deliver promos. And, you know, here's the deal. They, they don't even have to be great promos. That's been his whole thing with Roman Reigns for 10 years now. You know, I'm going to push him to the moon, even if he doesn't do, do great promos. If he's got the look I want, I'll push him to the moon. And I, he can learn it, right? And I'm going to bring up a, a name a lot of people talk about is Ultimate Warrior, right? Yeah. That guy was all look, no in-ring skill. In fact, Jim Ross says that in his entire career, he has never met another wrestler with less wrestling skill, skill um, than the Ultimate Warrior. Um, yeah, he did. You could say he had charisma, but in reality, he had fucking cocaine. <laughs> um, um, 
I'm not saying he did cocaine necessarily, allegedly. Um, I allegedly. I am, however, saying that his promos made no fucking sense ever. Me and all the other warriors are gonna go to Warrior Land. Oh. <sighs> um, and that's that's the sort of thing that Vince McMahon wants. And Finn Balor doesn't fit that, and Seth Roman, uh, Seth Rollins doesn't fit it. Roman Seth is the, Roman. the only one that does. I mean, it's why he never really pushed Dean Ambrose because Dean Ambrose didn't fit his idea. Um, and and that's why he's going to keep Kevin Owens around because Kevin Owens sells merch and is good on the mic, and so you can put Kevin Owens on on the booth if he needs be. You know, if uh, someone on the booth like Pat McAfee gets COVID, he can throw Kevin Owens on the booth and say... I God, that hypothetical it. really sounds legit. Um, no, that was that was 100% legit. That, hypothetical. <laughs> that was the whole conversation. Run. That was the whole thing. But... Um, on but Rampage, end, Jericho yelling, rah, rah, rah. I don't know why I'm yelling, <laughs> but I'm yelling. Yeah. You're one of the best yellers in the business. <laughs> So, so in the end, I just think if if they manage to turn this around, I'll I'll admit it. But they have not yet. They have not established uh, Bianca Belair again. Um, she's still the person who punked out in twenty seven seconds, and I one hundred percent expect her to lose at Extreme Rules. Um. That would and be unfortunate. At, I mean, at, and the only good thing that would come out of it is if it's a fifteen-minute-long brutal match, where she loses due to like, like it's a tables match, and she loses in the way, sort of the way you describe. She sets uh, Becky up on the table and goes to the top row to deliver some move, and Becky moves, and so she goes through. So she's lost, but not because Becky really beat her, but because. She kind of beat herself. Um, yeah. As the only way that loss could help bring her back. But. Yeah. Anyway, that's that was. Uh, and I, I apologize for doing a little dose of fantasy booking there, but I, I really I'm going to say that I don't think that that's as much of a crime that that the crime is um, fans being overly crimey. And I'm gonna say it's still a crime. A river. We're we're, we're contesting well, this crime. Well, crimey a river. We're gonna we're gonna hire a different prosecutor uh, for this crime. You you're gonna take the bench on that. No, nope, you're a public defender. Public pretender. Mm-hmm. We're just we're gonna assign it to someone different, right? You're okay. Okay. Well, if the detectives aren't going to do their job, fuck them. <laughs> no, I'm just saying there, there's someone being charged. It's just you're not going to be the one prosecuting it. We're, we're putting it in someone else's. Court, All right. So, anyway, um, changing I, jurisdictions. Uh, frankly, I'm uh, I'm kind of at a loss for a crime to do this week, mostly because I've fucking given up on WWE. I really have, and Raw was just fucking hideous um and nxt even though this week wasn't really the rebranding week but boy you could see it couldn't you oh yeah you could holy tell crap i was like was... every single who's this guy mm-hmm. oh who's this guy 
why is every person in the ring 643 pounds? Yep. Um, and, and if you're going to do that, why don't you have Bronson Reed? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Bronson Reed's another one of those indie guys that we don't like. Jeez. There was half a dozen dudes that I was like, I've never seen this person before. And, and, and they're, I mean, they're featured, they're winning. They're, you know, like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen you lose yet. And and that's the deal. Like you had, you had Cameron Grimes come out to do his celebration. That was uh, good. You, could, that was you could tell that they've punted on that storyline in a way because uh, they rushed through this ending with uh uh, million Dollar Man leaving, uh, and and Cameron Grimes giving back the belt. Million Dollar Man being like, "No, you deserve. You need to take it." Uh, but then Cameron Grimes realizing after he left that he'd switched out the belt and it's not the real Million Dollar Belt. Things like that. But I have a feeling that the plan was that storyline to last longer. And with the shakeup, they're like, "Nope, we got to punt out of that storyline. So let's finish that really quickly." Um. Yeah, Timothy Thatcher versus uh, Ridge Holland. Uh, Ridge is more in Vince's yeah. idea. Of and Timothy Vince. Thatcher is a is a tall Crispin mm-hmm. Wall. I mean, it's not a hateable guy. Uh, you have Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro versus Gigi Dolan and James. See, there Jason were little James. people winning. Yeah, little people women, and and the, to be perfectly honest, Casey Catanzaro is one of the people that I'm kind of the most worried about in the women's division because she she's gonna not win. Just, she's not just a little person; she is the littlest of little people in the women's division. She did get a win, but. My worry is that the NXT women's tag team belts are going to be one of the things that falls by the wayside. And she got to win in a women's tag team match setting up her challenging for the women's tag team. And we know that Vince doesn't care about women. Uh, doesn't care about tag teams. Doesn't care about women's tag teams even more. Um, the only thing... He doesn't only, care about women. I mean, unless, women. of course, they're, you know... Helping him cheat on Steph, or on Steph, Jesus. <laughs> well, Linda. He we saw that storyline once upon a time. The only women he cares about are the ones that Stephanie invented. So, um, <laughs> uh, the only thing that makes uh, me less, a little bit less worried about Casey Catanzaro um, and, and Lacey Lane uh, uh, is neither of them were independent wrestlers, as far as I know, before they came to WWE. They're also um, women, so that's a plus for them. They're, yeah. they're not going to get but, shit on because they're women. But they weren't indie wrestlers and then come. But the other side of that coin there, Gigi Dolan um, is is a former well-known independent wrestler. And so I'm worried that she's going to get fucking shit can. Yet Kaylee Ray show up uh, again and go off uh, against someone I've never heard of before. Valentina for Rose. There was so many. Uh, who the fuck is this, people? Uh-huh. So many. Um, it, was like, it was like the first time you watched NXT when it came on normal television. You were like, oh, oh, oh. Except for this was, oh. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Okay. You had Samoa Joe go out and then Pete Dunne uh, challenged him and then Kyle O'Reilly challenged him and then... 
uh, Ridge Holland came back out, and and then L.A. Knight was there, and, and all of this stuff, and I fully. How was L.A. LA Knight, Knight in the title picture right after he lost to Cameron Grimes for the million um, dollar title? Because he's um, jacked and tall and uh, delivers a rock promo. Um, yeah, the breakout tournament, Carmelo Hayes versus Odyssey Jones. And uh, I was a little surprised that they didn't have Jones win because Odyssey Jones is like an example of someone Vince McMahon probably wants to push to the moon. You had Boa versus, I don't know, some dude. Right? Uh, and then you had the, the main event was Hit Row versus Legato Del Fantasma. This was the most indie match of the entire show. Uh, and in the end, you had Legato Del Fantasma beat Hit Row, which I worry is going to start moving Hit Row down the ladder instead of elevating them. Because they're indie-rific. It was cheap tactics, though, so... Mm -hmm. But it's it's just, in the end, NXT just felt like we're going to get all of the, the stuff that we wanted to do out of the way before we rebrand us with Neon and Pastel later. <laughs> I figured that was going to be your crime, was the was the color changes, because we're not... We're not AEW. Yeah, we're, we don't think <laughs> AEW is our competition. But you remember how a year ago AEW did all those bright colors with their logo and, and everything? We're going to do exactly that. Our actual logo is going to be that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. by God, we're not gold and black but, anymore. But nope, nope, nope. Like they um, are. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I just have a hard time because like, uh, Raw was shit. Uh, I, I literally... Um, I'm so close to just not watching Raw because I find myself sitting through Raw like this. Oh wait! Oh oh! Is that is that the is that RK Bro? No, no, it's not. Let's go back to this. It's a good storyline though. RK Bro is. Wonder when that's gonna be on. Oh, oh no, Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison, huh? Shit. No. Okay. Oh, Morrison does parkour. Cool. No. Okay. Oh, they're they're gonna do another fifteen minute promo. Uh, oh, Charlotte's out there. Oh, 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 man, that's a shit fucking promo. And God, that was that not the worst promo she's ever delivered? Just fucking garbage. She's just phoning things in now because she knows she doesn't have to do anything. Shit. Um, but like, just fucking shit. I think she, I think her contract says she's gonna break her dad's record. I really do. I I am a I'm like ninety nine percent sure that that she's just waiting for the other fucking what is she's at eleven so she needs six more title defenses or title changes. Fucking shit. Like, remember when there was the four horsewomen and two of them weren't injured and one was really, really great? And, mm -hmm. you know, um, they continued one was the working stupid on being better. Eva Marie versus Dewdrop storyline. 
They buried Ricochet to fucking Carrion Cross in a new fucking gimp mask. <laughs> uh, suspenders. I think, I think I, oh, and suspenders, yeah. I think I specifically didn't uh, choose that as my crime because I knew JLB was probably going to talk about it. Uh, but he's not here, so let's talk about it. Fucking gimp mask and suspenders. There, it's talked about. It's fucking shit. You know, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with the warrior mask. It, it, it's not really a warrior helmet, though. It's so. Do you remember the guys that fly the the pilots of the um, star of the the star destroyers with their black mask and it sticks out a little bit farther mm-hmm. on the bottom? That's what that mask looks like to me. Only in red leather with breathing holes. Yeah. So in the end, the reports have it the reason they put him in that mask was marketing. They want to be able to make cool action figures with with this mask. And I mean, this is an example of Vince McMahon going, remember what we did long time ago with the Road Warriors? Do that with this guy. Do it with this guy. That's what we need to do. We're going to bring back leather suspenders um, with a crisscross. Yeah, that break halfway through the match. And it wasn't even a long match. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. and we're going to use that match to bury Ricochet. Because he's little and an indie wrestler. Yep. And here's the deal. I, again, I've had a long-standing thing where I talk about, I think, internet wrestling fans throw around the word bury too much. That when someone loses, they say bury. Um, it's not about the loss. It's about how the loss happens. Right? And then it's about how it follows up. Um like you can lose a match and not be buried, but if you just get absolutely destroyed by a guy in a gimp suit, um, that's that's pretty buried. A He-Man um, wannabe with a Star Wars mask, and then you had Logan that's all Paul. All I see when I have the straps. You had Logan Paul come out, and I I think I think they thought Logan Paul was gonna be was gonna be cheered. Uh, I don't know. I have no I, clue. I really do think they thought Logan Paul was going to be the good guy and Miz was going to be the heel in that whole thing. But in the end, the crowd was like, yeah, Miz has got some really good points, Logan. Um, you need to get the fuck out of here. Um, and so so Logan was like, I think I'm going to leave. And then he left and everything was slightly better after that. Oh, I don't know. I, like, Very slightly. They literally fucked up the Ms. Morrison turn. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I don't... Remember when we talked about this, I don't know, nine months ago in January that the Miz should get the title, Morrison should get a turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could build multiple championship caliber guys like, I don't know, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Um, you had Mansoor defeat Jinder Mahal by disqualification. Jesus, can we get to fucking Saudi Arabia and get it over with? Uh, Alexa Bliss confronted Charlotte and just came out and kind of stood and giggled on the ring, uh, on the steps. And ramp. Didn't really do anything. Ramp, that's the word I was looking for. Um, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley now are apparently a tag team. Yeah. And then, was anyone out there really clamoring to see Riddle versus AJ Styles? I was clamoring to see RK Bro stuff. It's fun. 
I'm fine with RK Bro. I here's the deal is they're tag champions now. Have them in fucking tag matches. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have no desire. You you make them tag champions and then you put them in singles matches. No, put them in tag matches because we want to see the RK Bro stuff. We want to see it go back and forth and them kind of love hate each other. And then we want to see uh, Riddle set someone up uh, for something and and throw them over to Randy Orton for an RKO. That's what we want to see. Um, I don't want to see a singles match. I don't care. Uh, but in the end, uh, like, I'm so tired of WWE just being frustrating and shitty. I, I'm so fucking tired of it that I don't want to charge a crime for it. So instead, I'm going to talk about how even even on an off week, even on a week where uh, you didn't have like a major thing happen, like CM Punk return, like they did last week, even after all I mean, that, he was there. He was there, but it wasn't a major return sort of thing. Uh, AEW put together a good show that featured up-and-comers uh, doing showcase matches um, in a way to help capitalize on the CM Punk thing. Like, CM Punk came out and talked again, right? Uh, but you had Darby Allen and John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston and the Wingmen. Uh, no, excuse me. Darby Allen, John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston versus the Wingmen. Excuse me, is what I meant to say. Uh, yeah. Which showcased... Um, a whole bunch of non-WWE talents, right? Um, in a way that people who tuned in to see CM Punk could see these these new up-and-comers, right? Uh, you got to see the Gun Club versus the Factory, which I didn't give a fuck about because I'm so tired of the Factory. Um, I'm so tired of QT Marshall. Fucking uh, Billy Gunn's in that category, too. Yeah, I just don't care. But in the end, it's like... Um, like QT Marshall, I've there's never ever in the history of Dynamite been a QT Marshall segment that I've said ooh about ooh QT Marshall's coming out. Uh, but then you had the tag team title eliminator tournament match, Lucha Brothers versus Varsity Blondes, which even though it was a relatively short match, it still showcased Lucha Brothers who are not a WWE talent. Um, so, uh, people who were tuning in because they remember CM Punk from the good old days in WWE got to see some amazing stuff from Lucha Bros. And Varsity Blondes, which is Brian Pillman Jr. So those, those people could be like, hey, he looks a lot His like that bullet. Brian Pillman. This fucking bullet, man. Yeah. I fucking love it. Uh, and The, uh, the big Garrison. one is Arnson, man. Yeah, oh my god. Looks, yeah. That's like a time machine. Fuck yeah. me. Brock Anderson. The problem is he inherited all of the Arn Anderson looks, but none of the Arn Anderson in ring work. His ring work isn't horrible. Mal he's good to have Malachi Black just fucking knock the fuck out. Yeah, that's fine. Uh in the end though, I'm like, no. His promo skills, um, I mean, that's what Arn's there for, is to give, deliver his son's promos. You got to see Orange Cassidy bloody the fuck out of Matt Hardy. That was, it was like five days before he had any any semblance of, of healing. Um, yeah, of a normal face. Oh, my God. Fuck. Um, and, yeah, it ended in kind of a goofy way. Um, I could see what they were doing. It just it was kind of clunky how they did it, but... 
but that let a lot of these new people tuning into CCM Punk see this young wrestler, uh, Orange Cassidy, get a win over this wrestler. Oh, I know Matt Hardy. I remember him from the Hardy Boys. Uh, mm. um, um, Chris Jericho came out and did one last challenge to MJF. Um, which here's the deal is nine times out of 10, when someone does the challenge, if I lose, I'll never wrestle for this company again. We know it's just 100% a gimmick. And that means that that person is going to win the match. But, uh, here really, we don't know. I really think Chris Jericho is going to lose. Yeah. I, I think he's going to go on too early. I think he's going to be a commentator. I, yeah. I think he's going to lose and just do commentary and, and all that from now on. I think, I think Chris Jericho has decided that his his time at the top is over and now it's his time to to put over other people and transition to another room well and so, he, i mean i feel like he thinks he can coach still yeah so i think oh, i think he can still be a part of the the dark the not dark harder the inner circle mm-hmm. um which works it allows him to tour because fozzy yeah. now now with covid waning not not certainly not gone but um where where people aren't dying from it as much now um, you know, that allows him to go on, on tour and, and, uh, be in, in front, in front of a bunch of young people who want to mosh. And so he can do that. He can come back. He can still coach. He can, we've seen the coaches get pulled into matches. You know, I'm not an official wrestler, but as a coach, <coughs> you've but challenged me. So I'll come in. And again, this is uh, trying to capitalize on these people who are too many in just because of CM Punk. Well, now they see Chris Jericho. I'm like, I remember Chris Jericho. Right? Then you, you had a actually overall really good match, Red Velvet versus Jamie Hayter. That, that was a very had, good match. Had one botch in it that people have really kind of latched onto. Um, and it's kind of sad. But towards the end of the match, Red Velvet went to do her standing moonsault. And she under-rotated and basically landed on her head past Jamie Hayter. So she even missed the person she was aiming at. Um, and people are just like, oh, see, this is why AEW sucks. They bought-. First of all, every, every wrestling promotion has botches, right? And mistakes happen all the time. Uh, and all of them, right? But here's where this went different. And... It makes me even wonder if the missed moonsault was part of the plan uh, because it immediately featured Jamie Hayter getting up and just fucking destroying. Oh my God. Like I was like, get off of her so that, so that Aubrey can check and make sure she's okay. Yeah. Like how is Aubrey not pushing her? Cause I didn't see her. I didn't see Aubrey truly check on Jamie. Uh, on Velvet. You mean? Uh, or velvet, yeah. yeah. I was I, like, I, 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 I don't feel like Aubrey's had the chance to check on her. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but, but that to me implies that the finish was going to be the moonsault is let is not successful. It's missed. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's missed. Maybe Jamie Hader was supposed to roll out of the road or something. I don't know. But Jamie Hader just destroys. But it was so cleanly done to cover up this botch. That the botch didn't even look like a botch anymore, right? Well, when it looked botch, like a botch, but it looked like a, I made a mistake and now I'm going to lose the match because of it. Yeah, it didn't look, that's why I say, it didn't look like a botch in the strict sense of the word. It looked like a missed move, right? 
Mm-hmm. Then you had Chris Statlander uh, hit the ring to chase the heels off and then pose there with the belt, which means people who tuned in to see CM Punk and stayed through Chris Jericho now got to see a decent women's match and then uh, this tease for a women's title feud. Uh, featuring a lot of talent that they can... This was all about showcasing the new people, really. Uh, yeah. CM Punk then finally came out and, and did his whole talk, uh, talking about Darby Allen and all the people that he wants to face and all of this stuff. Um, and uh, that kept the people around. And here's the... It had featured one of my favorite moments in aew over the last year and maybe in all of professional wrestling over the last year and it's weird for me to say this because it really wasn't a professional wrestling moment but it was after the the interview was over because it was tony Schiavone in the ring interviewing cm punk cm punk basically just took the mic and and went and uh tony Schiavone kind of stood there until the end right uh, but afterwards, when they're leaving... That was their first time interviewing with, with each other. That's that's where Side this note. comes in. Yeah, that's where this comes in. Afterwards, the cameras caught this moment between CM Punk and Tony Schiavone at ringside, where CM Punk is grinning ear to ear uh, as he talks really quickly with Tony Schiavone and then hugs him uh, before leaving. And this moment was so real where you could tell that CM Punk was, was for lack of a better term, literally marking out, getting to meet... Uh, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone, a ring announcer that he probably watched when he was younger. Um, well, and, and fun piece, they kind of had a little bit of a, uh, of a thing beforehand. Mm-hmm. Where but Punk said something and, and Tony said something, and then they talked on the mic. Yeah. I was yeah, like, oh... It's it's like one of those moments because you know CM Punk worked with Jr. before, so so it yeah. wasn't a new experience for him. Hell, he's worked with JR. with with, uh, uh, with Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. Before he's worked with he's worked with uh, Taz before. He's worked with I mean Jericho. Most of the other, he's had Jericho. matches with Jericho yeah. before. Yeah, all these people. But the the one person in AEW. Well, I mean, there's more, but one of the bigger per- people in AEW that he has never worked with was Tony Schiavone, because Tony Schiavone, when WCW went over, went under, uh, got bought, basically said, I'm done with wrestling, I'm going to go off and fucking do uh, sports commentary for minor league baseball, and, and, you know, it was a nice run in wrestling, but I'm going to get on with my life. And it was only until relatively recently he got back into it. But you could just tell from this little 10-second thing how, how absolutely enamored CM Punk was to finally share the ring with Tony Schiavone. It was so perfect, right? Because he was out of it before Punk was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had the trios match where, like I said, it was Darby Allen, uh, John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston versus the Wingmen, which got to show off a bunch of people who were not former WWE people but still had one of those former WWE people to bring those those people there, the John Moxley people. They go, oh, I thought I remember. Well, didn't he wrestle as Dean Ambrose in WWE back in the day, right? Um, and then you got to see all of these other people. Yes, Cesar Bononi technically was an NXT guy, but hey, no one fucking knew him there. Um, Darby Allen, never been in WWE. Eddie Kingston might have at one point had a tryout with WWE as far as I know. But other than that, uh, Nick Nemeth, uh, excuse me, Ryan Nemeth, 
Which, 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 by the way, people looked at and went, "Oh my God, Dolph Ziggler's is in AEW!" Dolph <laughs> uh, I swear to God, I just saw him earlier tonight. <laughs> uh, JD Drake, uh, and then um, uh, Peter Avalon outside. Um, so all of this, this entire night, seemed to be like, "Hey, let's get these these lapsed fans and show them little hints of things that were familiar to them, and then a whole bunch of these new things." And then the the final couple things in the night were uh, the same sort of thing. Christian Cage, a wrestler that they're like, "I know Christian Cage. He wrestled as Christian. He was part of the Brood. He was." Isn't that Edge's bitch? Facing off with, with Kenny Omega. Uh, wow! And then you had the Gun Club, which yes, again, you and I are fine. I mean, and uh, we're going to be seeing uh, Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn at Zello Pro, um, but we'd be fine without seeing uh, them on our TV. But this match had uh, Billy Gunn. That they're like, hey, I recognize Billy Gunn. Versus a bunch Shit, of new I gotta order my shirt. Yes, me too. Um, and then you had, tonight. of course, Malachi Black just kick the shit out of Brock Anderson. Um, and uh, and then kick the shit out of Arn Anderson. Uh, no, no one in the crowd gave a crap about Brock Anderson uh, getting the shit kicked out of him. No. Time machine Arn. Um, they did a little bit care about uh, Arn getting the shit kicked out of him, um, but you know what I care about—the increase in makeup, as though he's his face has gotten worse. It, yeah, it's um... now I'm now I'm starting to think that this is some type of character move where where he's getting a larger bruise on his face, and next week it'll be half his face and. Maybe this is like some type of entity takeover. Like this might be the first supernatural creature we get in AEW. Um, if you don't count Broken Matt Hardy, he's not supernatural. He's nuts. He teleported around an arena. Power of movie magic. Um, and then of course Rampage had. The uh, Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express in the finale of the Tag Team Eliminator Tournament, which... Uh, I really thought Jurassic Express was winning that. I did, too, and so I was a little surprised. The entire cell has been Jurassic Express versus the uh, uh-huh. Young Bucks, and now Lucha, Lucha Brothers get it. And you're like, what the fuck were you selling me for three weeks? That that being said, how fire is that cage match? Oh, my game? God. It'll be so good. <laughs> so good. I yeah. saw moves in the... Now, I've watched the Lucha Brothers before, and I've watched Jurassic Express before, and I've watched them against each other before, and I've watched them against the Young Bucks before, and I literally saw moves in that match that I'd never seen before. Yeah. There was the, like, standing leg drop arm sweep hold thing that Penta did, and I was like, that's a finisher. <laughs> like, there were six moves that were finishers, and you're like, that was a one count. What the fuck, man? But. Then we uh, got to see Tay Con- Ty Conti. I can always say Tay. Ty Conti versus the Bunny in a match that actually set up storyline because they talked about how Ty Conti had won the last 15 matches in a row or something like that. Um, and then you had the Bunny cheat to win. 
Bunny bitch slapped her several times, though. Fuck. Yep. Mm-hmm. But used the brass knucks to, to get the win. To get uh, the actual had, win, yes. Yeah. Also had Penelope Ford come in uh, to cause a distraction a bit, too. Uh, Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian versus Kenny Omega and Brian, Brandon Cutler was tons of fun. Um, so instead of charging a negative crime against WWE for being shit, um, and and for I have not having any faith in the future of NXT, like I'm I'm legitimately dreading tuning into NXT this week. So I'm like, it's... I, I, I yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I, I do have one other crime. So you're giving the crime of, of reverence to AEW for being exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... For being the I'm gonna, breath of fresh air that we need in wrestling right now. I'm going to charge myself for being a shitty prosecutor um, when a crime was brought up recently and I disagreed with it. Um, after watching Rampage for the second week in a row, or third week in a row now, I'm going to go ahead and say... I don't like doing this because I like the guy. I think he's entertaining. I loved his Hall of Pain gimmick. Yeah, he's just not a good commentator, Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. See, he's just not. Is, I I think he'd be fine if they had him. If Jericho wasn't there. Yeah, well, and I think I think they should turn him into the Mean Gene for Rampage, right? He's he's just not going to walk over. Here's the deal: when you have Excalibur, when you have Taz, when you have Jericho, who are all loudmouth motherfuckers, Excalibur is I know my shit, and let me show you how much I know my shit. Jericho, his career is built around being a loudmouth. Taz, his career is built around being him, him kind of being a prick, really. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, Mark Henry's a nice guy who just isn't going to walk on him in conversation. And so it's just like, why are you even there, man? You're throwing and, in bits. That's, that's why I, I think the better use for him is to be the mean gene backstage guy. Where, and, he, and he is at the end of the and, night. And yeah, and they had him do that, and so just have him do that full time. Just have that be him before every match. You, you know how it's one thing that I, I like that WWE has been doing a lot recently, and that's the pre-match interviews. position interview, right? Yep. The, the talk to the wrestler right before they head out. So have that be the Mark Henry position where Mark yeah. Henry stands there and and the wrestlers can come up and say their their piece b- right before they head out to the ring. Um, I'm fine with that, right? And then you can have Taz and Chris Jericho and, and uh, uh, Excalibur on the mic. I, th- I think a three-person booth is better than a four-person booth all the time. This is... This is one of those less is more situations where I I think for a long time if you have quality people I think Taz and Taz and Excalibur are a great I'm, and I'm going to say this as simply as I can a great two man booth they're better than Corey Graves and and Michael Cole and Corey Graves and Michael Cole are by many considered better than, than Jerry. Well, by you would be considered better than Jerry, the King Lawler and, and, uh, Jr. And those guys anchored it for years. I think a two man booth works with the right guys. 
I think you can do a three-man booth in that particular booth. JR and a bowl of mashed potatoes would be better than JR and Jerry the King Lawler. But that's... <laughs> um, I think WCW introduced us to a three-man oh. booth, and it was good with Shivani and Bischoff and the Brain. Um, but I, I think that there are some times where and JR is a good example where the color guy can also be the good guy, the good guy commentator. Um, and I think that that's been done well a couple times. I think Taz and Excalibur could do that. That said, I really enjoy two heel commentators along with Excalibur. So I'm not going to uh, take that away. My, my only problem, and I, it looks like we might be getting at least a partial solution to this, is I, I've said this before, I always dislike it when a full-time commentator, full-time member of the booth, is also part of an active faction. Which uh, is Taz. Which is Taz and right now Jericho. And I, I feel like the, the, this whole storyline with Jericho is about transitioning him out of being a major part of the inner circle. He might still be technically part of it and might make appearances with it, but I think they're really transitioning towards uh, Sammy Guevara being kind of the focal point of the inner circle. I, or, I think, or maybe, I, I maybe think it's just... okay if they're coaches. I think that's why Taz works because he would take off if Hobbs was in the ring, Powerhouse Hobbs was in the ring. I think he would take off his 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 earmuffs and walk out and go coach. Uh, he didn't frequently on dark. He, uh, he would commentate the entire match and, of course, be the heel commentator and talk about how great Powerhouse Hobbs was or whatever. Um, and here's the deal. That's why I, I don't like it as a full-time thing, right? Um, I am 100% fine with Taz, the, the manager of FTW, um bringing them to the ring and then saying, while you wrestle the match, I'm going to go up and be on commentary, right? I'm fine with the heel joining commentary. Yeah. I don't like it when they're a full-time member of commentary. And here's the deal. Is, uh, part of it comes down to, I don't think, right now, I don't think Taz is bringing a lot to the Ricky Starks, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs thing as a whole. No, either. no, I don't either. Um, I think they they could survive without Taz. I mean, Ricky Starks is fucking talented. I think they could have a different coach. I think Mark Henry could be their coach. Hall of Pain, Mark Henry is their coach. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. But um, No, you just got to go out and hurt him. It's kind of the same (laughs) thing with Inner Circle. I think they're trans... I I don't know whether they're going to just have the Inner Circle just kind of go their separate ways. Or if they're going to transition to Sammy Guevara being kind of the new de facto focal point of the inner circle. Um, either way, they're obviously leading, leaning towards Sammy Guevara being a focal point, uh, which I think is a good move for him. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've said for two years, Sammy Guevara is a fucking star. Um, he was rough around the edges. He was a diamond that needed to be polished a bit. Uh, but as he gets polished, you could I can see that he's going to be a star in that company. Um, I think that if they do if they do take Jericho out of the inner circle, that they still need to do, use Judas when the inner circle's coming out, and use the individuals intro ring intros when they come out. 
All of them, not just one person like the NWO did. NWO had Hogan come out to one song, and everybody else came out to the New World Order song. Yeah, I think I think they can do kind of a middle ground, and I think, um, I think it's the thing that NWO should have done is uh, you can attach the New, new, new World Order to the yeah. front of any. Uh, you know, ring entrance. Yeah, you can do Sammy Guevara and then Judas plays. You like, can do Sammy, Sammy Guevara. Guevara. You know, or yeah. I mean, if if there was an easy way to work in an inner circle stinger to the other ones to still identify them as inner circle, but just but, have it play Judas in my mind and then goes into their songs yeah, or something, something like that. Something like that. I don't know. But anyways. Um but so yeah, my crime as a whole was just uh a positive crime towards AEW for at least showing us that wrestling is not all shit. Um I I'm gonna try to find a way to to watch a replay of NWA Empower and NWA seventy three or whatever it is. I don't even know the the pay per view that was today. Just to watch that, I'm really hoping I could find a regular way to watch Ring of Honor again because it sounds like it's going to get pretty good. Yeah, if I could find a way to watch regular Ring of Honor, I'd be like, I'm fine without watching weekly episodic WWE anymore. I'll watch Ring of Honor. I'll watch Impact and AEW, and I'll be fine. You'll count on Simon and Simon and your co-host to give you rundowns of yes. WWE. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, Simon, does this get an up? <laughs> All of it gets an up from Simon, dude. Maybe All of it. Pretty positive. <laughs> he does sometimes give him the brown down. So anyway, moving on to commendations, I think is is yeah, co- what our time frame gives us. Yeah, commendations. I will just put them together. Commendations and misdemeanors, if you have any. Uh, um, I've got a commendation, and, and I've, I've probably got a few misdemeanors. Um, but I'll start with the one commendation. I am going to commend SmackDown for selling me some storylines that that I'm going, hey, this could go somewhere really great. I know you don't have the confidence that they have that ability. Um, I, I, I found myself oddly invested in the in the happy corbin storyline i was like what the fuck all right what the they, hell man yeah they did a, a <laughs> like, swerve on like, that that i wasn't expecting like, and, said, and i was like i was 100 percent expecting it to be his new positive attitude as he turns his life around um no nope, but instead, he won money just, <laughs> nope, he won some money so now he's happy again <laughs> i was like what the fuck okay um I, I loved Finn Balor coming out. I really thought that was going to be Brock coming out or Brock's music. I loved that that Heyman's now fearing for his life from the Usos playing word games. I don't know if they're legit word games or not. We 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 won't know that for a while. Um, there's just a lot there that just makes you go, "Well, son of a bitch!" All right. Um, I, I, as we already know from my first crime, I loved the Becky Lynch thing. Um, I loved the match. I thought all four women compete well in that match. I loved when Becky walked out and said, nah, I'm not going to have a match with you tonight. Nah, 
Fuck that noise. Like I was like, what the hell? You bitch. That's awesome. Um, uh, there was just a lot that I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed Rick Bo- Boogs. Boogs. Yeah. Getting the win. Yeah, I, I really I, enjoyed SmackDown this week. Like, was, no, was it wasn't as good first, as AEW. Was that his first official WWE match? It might have been. I don't know, but it was it was good. Got to have got to have gall to wear denim to the ring. I was like, well, that's not really denim. It's just painted like denim. Like like Graves' commentary was the worst part of that, but it was still good. Um, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I, I enjoyed SmackDown this week. Um, let's see. I. Would I give it a better rating than either of the AEW shows? No. But it was good. Yeah, that was... It was his second official main roster match, but he hasn't actually had a singles match yet. I didn't hate it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. He, I... he didn't He didn't even have an actual match on NXT. He had house show matches pre-COVID. Maybe he can play guitar so well that they were like, yeah, be in the ring. Um, um, he, I'm curious where Elias is. I, uh, the whole thing. I just, I just, I'm not hating any of it right now on SmackDown. I hate a lot of Raw, but I don't hate anything on SmackDown. I don't love a lot of it, and I'm not going to love where some of the storylines go if you're right. But I feel like the storylines are set up to be really enjoyable yeah i i think the problem is uh, uh them setting up those storylines requires long-term booking and we've seen wwe doesn't do that i, um, I understand but, so. but anyways, um, I, I that's I, my commendation is smackdown was a good show i have a potential commendation potential crime Potential we'll, misdemeanor. We'll, yeah, misdemeanor. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see whether this is a good thing or not. Um, I think it could be a really good thing. But reports have it that AEW is transitioning the the tapings of AEW Dark to uh, Orlando. At Orlando Studios. Universal Studios Orlando, right? Okay. Um, which also happens to be the same place that Impact Wrestling used to tape their weekly show years ago, right? Um, the the reason and the same place that WCW did, yeah, they did the Universal for a period of time, yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, the reasoning behind this is apparently most weeks Rampage is going to tape after Dynamite. Rampage is not scheduled to always be a live show. That's part of where this may be a misdemeanor, because I'm not huge on it always being taped, but it is what it is, whatever. Um, But the the potential commendation part of it is the idea of having a regular wrestling event uh, that people can go to in Florida um, that's going to be multiple hours of wrestling where they get to see the the future stars and current stars of AEW. Um, I think that could be a real boon to AEW. 
you know, really benefit them having this thing where they can develop this reoccurring crowd. Um, one of the things that NXT did so well in their full sale time is is cultivating a reoccurring crowd. They had several fans who were in the audience at almost every show. At a vacation destination. At a vacation destination, right? So, so yeah, we could go. We could go, yeah. We'd fly to Orlando, go to Universal Studios, go to Disneyland if we can afford it. Fucking expensive. <laughs> um, and catch an AEW show. And then catch an AEW show, yeah. Um, but but just this this idea of, of potentially having reoccurring crowds, because reoccurring crowds become hot crowds really fast you know um well and 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 boy do they tell you exactly what they those crowds have the pulse on on what people at home are watching mm-hmm. and that's my point is they, they tend to be hot they tend to be very vocal they tend to let you know whether they like things or don't like things um and that'll that'll help out them developing these um what i wish they would do um, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a good thing they're not doing it. Maybe uh, my th- hopes on this are misplaced. But I really wish AEW would, would put together an official, for lack of a better term, power plant or performance center. Yeah. I mean, I know technically they have the Nightmare Factory, which is Cody's, but that's not officially part of It's also of in AEW. Georgia. Yeah, it's in Georgia. It's it's also not officially part of AEW. It's it's just a regular wrestling school. Um, I would love it if AEW put together in Orlando an official performance center. I, I like calling it power plant because that's really uh, where the idea came from. Um, where they can sign wrestlers to a developmental deal um and put them on that show down there and i mean effectively make their own nxt but let dark it be being the nxt yeah dark being the nxt but let it be uh indie-rific um well because... and being so close to the center of i mean impact is in nashville which is 12 hours um, you've got ROH right there in Florida, I think based in Tampa, if I remember right, maybe Orlando, but I think it's Tampa. Um, you know, that does open a lot of doors there. I I've said for a long time, I think that a, a minor league would work really, really well. Um, I'd love to see them have two. I'd love to see them have one in Las Vegas. Um, I think Vegas is a great location to do that with. Because it's a tourist location. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioning, and now I gotta find it. There was a rumor that came out that Impact Wrestling is uh, going to be um, moving its tapings to Nashville, and I can't remember where. Uh... I I truly, truly, truly feel. So long as AEW keeps playing nice, I th- I really think you can start getting and and I and I I don't want to call it territory ball, but yeah, territory territory play again with with a national flavor, you know, where where every single promotion has a web-based television show that is their local 
their local uh, put over. I think uh, Minneapolis can support one. I think um, Ohio or or Pennsylvania, that area can support one pretty solidly. We've seen it with OVW. Um, we know that North Carolina can. We know that Charlotte can. Um, and I think that that solidly, I truly believe Vegas could pull one off. Um, I don't know that, that Denver. I think, I think that's where Impact Wrestling is moving their tapings to. Is Vegas? Vegas. I think that's it, what it's, it's a brilliant move because it is such a tourist destination. You can fly to Vegas for $79 from central nowhere, Nebraska. Yes. Like you can fly to Vegas from anywhere in this country on the dirt cheap because it's a tourist location and those casinos pay money to the airlines to keep dumping people into their town. But, so. Um, so, so I th- I think that could potentially be a good thing for AEW. I think the move could be a great thing for Impact. Uh, my worry, the reason I, I worry that it could be a misdemeanor is the moving uh, Rampage to being a pre-taped show every week. I, yeah. I, I'd love to see Rampage be a televised show. Um, that, 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 I think you can have dark matches after rampage. I really do. That's what I think they they should do. So, so in the recent weeks, AEW dark has usually been about an hour and a half to two hours long and dark elevation has usually been about 45 minutes long. So Monday, they've got about a 45 minute show, uh, that plays. And then Tuesday night, they've got a, uh, hour and a half show somewhere around there. And then Wednesday they've got their two-hour dynamite, and then uh, Friday one hour on Friday hour uh, rampage. What I think they could easily do, put elevation with rampage. Elevation. Well, I was gonna say move the elevation tapings to after dynamite, and move the uh, dark tapings to after or before rampage. To be perfectly honest, Um, uh, because rampage tends airs later, right? That way, you've got an hour and a half of dark filming and then an hour-long show, right? Uh, I don't don't know about having Rampage only in that one location, though. Well, no, this would not be in the one location. This would still be a touring. I I think that's where I think Rampage, I I feel like Rampage should be another show, uh, an actual. You're thinking just have, you're having, you're thinking having a developmental show that's, that's taped in. In Orlando, well, no, I'm leaving I'm, dark I'm, and dark elevation alone. I'm I'm talking two separate things. I I'm okay. talking if I were in control of Rampage, I would do it different, and I would have Rampage live every week, and I would tape dark before it, and then I would have Dynamite live, and I would tape dark elevation after it, right? Yeah, and then I yeah. wouldn't do this Universal Studios thing. Um, but the way they're doing it, I say, I think the Universal Studio things could turn out really, really good. Well. I just worry that it's going to be offset by Dark, be- uh, Dark Rampage being a pre-taped show, uh, hurting things in the long run. Um, but I also Again. want to give a commendation on uh, absolute um, genius skill level. Uh, trolling, probably, maybe, to Scott Demore specifically. <clears throat> um, and I say trolling, maybe. You know, I don't know. And it might be all real. 
but in a um, social media post by one of their social media managers, and I can't remember her name right now. Uh, uh, I could look it up. But they, uh, her, Scott Demore, and some other Impact executives were at a baseball game, I think, sitting in the crowd and talking. And she uh, turns her camera on and said, so what were you just talking about? And Scott Demore turns to the other person and said, oh, weren't we just talking about Buddy Matthews debuting at the next uh, Impact tapings? Um, Buddy Matthews, of course, being the Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, right? And the other person saying, well, we, I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. And then Scott Demore turns back to, to her and says, you know, I mean, I guess you heard it here first. Uh, uh, we can not, neither confirm nor deny that Buddy Matthews may or may not be coming to the Impact tapings uh, as we lead up to the buildup for Braun for Glory. Braun for Glory? Braun for Glory. It's bound for glory, of course. But he said Braun for Glory. Very specifically said brawn for glory um so that means in a 15 to 30 second video he teased two former wwe stars showing up in the very near future on impact wrestling and and one of them is reportedly fairly likely there's reports that that buddy matthews is at least in negotiations with impact wrestling um I know he was in negotiations or at least in talks with AEW at one point, and so uh, things might not have worked out with that, or maybe he's working both sides, or maybe it's all... Maybe it's another part of the crossovers. Yeah. Maybe it's... Maybe it's all, yeah, maybe he's signing with AEW, but going to show up on Impact Wrestling to start off with. Who knows, right? Um, that easily could be the thing. Um, but also hinting at Braun Strowman... Uh, Adam Scher or whatever he ends up wrestling under showing up, which I think is less likely. Um, but I, and the reason I, I put it in the trolling category is this is not the first time since the cuts in uh, WWE a year and a half ago that Scott Demore and Impact Wrestling have hinted heavily at some former WWE people showing up. And most of the time it hasn't come true in the way they hinted right um but a few of them have come true and enough to make people think well this happened so maybe it is so well done scott moore knows 100 what he's doing here um and i want i just I, this is applause uh because that's really <laughs> really well done because it got people like me talking about it and being like, maybe Braun's going to show up. I, I still think it's unlikely Braun shows up, but more reports have it more and more likely that. Well, and he's, he he's not going to require $10,000 a pop because he's not getting $10,000 a pop. So he may have learned, hey, I'm not going to get ten grand. i will take four grand. <laughs> So, but, let's see who I'm trying to remember what. So, is on Twitch stream. Uh, trying to see if I can find it. Jade Chung is her name. Um, but she, uh, uh, 
sent this out and it's it's just like it's so well done and the fact that this tweet went out and and I'm trying to remember exactly what Jade Chung's uh position is uh, pro wrestling manager and podcaster Go to her link tree. See what her link tree tells us. She's swerving us. Twitch, a pro wrestling tea store, a YouTube channel, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't exactly tell me shit about you, Jade Chung. Anyways, uh, but d- just this, this little thing, it, it 100% could be trolling. In fact, it could be trolling on everything, right? Uh, it could be trolling on Buddy Matthews. It could be trolling on Braun. It could be trolling on all that stuff. But it doesn't matter because it was A-plus level trolling. It was genius level trolling by Scott Demore and her. And I don't even know who the other person in the video was. Um, but it was, it was really well done, so... Uh, but on that note, um, we're probably going to start wrapping things up. I, uh... I wanted to play a game, but I, I might push it off to our, to, uh, to our FBI show. Cause it's not really fantasy booking. It's more just us uh, having a little conversation about... We've, we've seen a fair amount of wrestlers that have left WWE and shown up in AEW or Impact or, or Ring of Honor or whatever. And we always play the game. Ring of our or impact on on I think I want to have a conversation uh, about predicting who is going to be the first major AEW star to jump to WWE because it's going to happen someday. Might not be this mm-hmm. year. Might not be next year. Might not be for five years. But someday, someone major in AEW is going to get, you know, their contract's going to be up and they're going to get a big dollar offer from WWE. So who do we think that's going to be? Um, I think it's MJF. It's a very good option. Because, I mean, here's the deal. is every, every single wrestler on the planet... Um, grew up dreaming of wrestling for WWE. <laughs> or at least on on the Western Hemisphere. Let's say that. If you if you grew up in Japan, you might not have had WWE on your mind. You might have been uh, New Japan. a New Japan person. Or you know, that stuff. Old Japan. <laughs> but if you grew up in America or Britain or any of those places, you know, you very likely dreamt of becoming a WWE person. And you can go to AEW, and AEW can make all your dreams come true and all of that stuff. But when Vince comes along with enough dollar signs, enough zeros after the decimal, or before the decimal, not after. Are are you including NXT? Because if it's including NXT, I'm going to say it's sooner than you think, and I think it's going to be Shanna. Um, well, uh, possibly, uh, especially, especially since Shanna is now no longer officially signed to AEW. Correct. Um, so that might, might possibly happen. I'm thinking more, um, and, and I like Shanna. I, 
with the new NXT, I don't see that happening. To be perfect, well, honest. that's true. That's um, true. Uh, but uh, I, MJF is a really good good choice for first to to make that jump. Um, I. I somehow or another feel like it's going to be one of the big guys like Powerhouse Hobbs or someone like that. One of the could be Wardlow. Wardlow. I could see that was my thoughts. If I if I wasn't going to say MJF because MJF's a pre-built storyline, if I wasn't going to say MJF, it'd be Wardlow. Um, it'd be uh, maybe Brian Cage, but he had a lot of indie time. Um, I just think that if they're going to do it, they're going to do it to try and, and make a, a, the, make their own, um, Lex Luger moment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, I think if it happens to a person uh, with like Wardlow or someone like that, it's going to happen, um, in, in the future. It's not going to happen right now. It's going to happen a year from now after that person powerhouse Hobbs or Wardlow has had a bit more time to establish themselves in the upper tier. Right. Right now they're, they're both mid card and WWE is not going to come at mid card with a bunch of zeros, Right. Uh, but you get them consistently competing in the main event and that could be something. So, you know, say Wardlow uh, works his way up, uh, eventually separates from the the pinnacle and works his way up and has a couple title shots, maybe even wins the title for a while. I, he's one that I could see WWE being like. I want that guy. Yeah, that guy. I just, I think the pre-built storyline is one that, that mm-hmm. Vince does like sometimes. Um, and, and the just absolutely damaging show up Vince loves. We know this from Jericho, the one that makes you go, Oh my gosh, holy crap. Um, I think that, uh, I think that, that MJF does that for them. Um, in reality, I think it could be a woman, though. I, I think mm-hmm. that's that's the more likely route. I, yeah, I... I uh, it won't be a tag team, that's for damn sure. Yeah, it won't be a tag team. I could see a Jade Cargill in the future. Yeah, Jade um, Cargill. Um, oh, she, she just wrestled in the Rey Mysterio pants. By the way, commendation for those pants. Good job, Rey Mysterio, letting her have your those for her oh, shorts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what what I can't even remember her name. Um, um yeah, I'm 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 red, remembering the just picture. Just beat the Red Velvet. Just beat Red Velvet. I can't remember her name. Anyway, Hater. there we go. Yeah, Jamie Hater. I can see it being Jamie Hater. It's a little harder if you start picking amongst the women. Um, it won't be well, Nyla Rose. Vince is Vince is going to avoid the politics that follows that. Um, but yeah. um, I don't. I don't think it'll be uh, Britt Baker. Yeah, uh, it's not going to be Britt. It one hundred percent won't be Britt Baker if Adam Cole leaves. Yes. Yeah. Your only- your only hope for that is that Adam Cole is uh-huh. retained. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, Jade Cargill's a really good guest there too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she's she's right up Vince's alley to come in and and I, I think the women's division. I think Tay Conti sees it as you already missed out on on me. Yeah. So uh, I think guys like Tay Conti, uh, Chris Statlander, I, I don't see them as as the type to jump ship when I, when the I opportunity had already been there. I could see a Penelope Ford potentially. Um, especially Maybe. if. If there's interest from WWE and and Kip Sabian, I just don't think there's going to be interest in Kip Sabian. No, no. Um, So I, I, I I think I stick by my words. I think MJF is going to be the first major signing. Um, But I think that there might be a woman before that. Um, Yeah. That's the, I, I, like I said, this wasn't really fantasy booking. That's why it really didn't belong on the other one. Uh, this was more just speculating from a standpoint of it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, like, I like your word low call. Um, like I said, with I don't see and, it being bright. Uh, Brian Cage turned it down already. Um, yeah. Well, Brian Cage even had a spot of coffee in in developmental, and uh, didn't. But he was he was a lot smaller at the time. He was not built it's, skinny kid Brian Cage. Um, not to mention there's three more years on Brian Cage's contract, I think, or two mm-hmm. more years. Um, like MJF's only, I mean, MJF was it, from the start. So yeah, if he was a three-year contract at the beginning, he's got less than a year. Less than a year. Yeah. Um, so. And it, and like you said, he, he would be the biggest, if we're talking right now, he would be the biggest get right now. That's never um, been there before. That's yeah. never been there and, and fits the WWE concept right what you're not going to get is the elite any member of the elite who has ownership of AEW portion portions of ownership of AEW that ain't happening you're also not going to get any of the the current fan favorites uh like Darby Allen or or Orange Cassidy neither of them fit the WWE correct right you're probably not going to get any former WWE guys back I think I think uh, Alistair Black, Malachi Black, um, it doesn't matter if his wife's over there. Uh, you know, he's he's basically going to be like, listen, you had your chance with me. You fucked me over. You fired me. I'm, I'm done, right? Yeah. Um, and the same thing, like, I could see a Christian Cage going back to WWE, uh, but, but it's so recent that he showed up. So, but it's so recent. Number one, number two, he actually specifically chose W or AEW over WWE, right? So, now yes, AEW offered him more, right, and offered him a better deal just in general. Like said, we want you to be a regular wrestler, not just Edge's backup. Um, but uh, when. When uh, Kenny Omega said, you think you know me, uh, to Christian Cage, I was like, oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I would throw two other names in there. I could see three. I could see Jericho going back. Um, I know that Vince, Vince does not hold grudges forever. No, though people think that he does, he does not. Especially if there's money signs behind it, and Jericho does get provided money sign, um, and Big Show, and maybe Mark Henry. 
Uh, yeah. Less so Mark Henry than Big Show. I could see him. Um, really, these are these are these are for Hall of Fame runs, quick Hall of mm-hmm. Fame runs. Yeah. And uh, that's the only reason I can see him doing them. Well, I can put you in the Hall of Fame, but you got to leave AEW. Well, my contract is up in six weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame's four months after that contract is up. Fine. Like I won't resign until after the Hall of Fame stuff. I'll sign with you for a year or whatever, or, or a, a legends contract or something. But yeah, I mean, like look, looking through the thing, I just, I mean, Griff Garrison, if he got a little bit more jacked and worked his way into the main event, but that's like years away. Um, I just there's there's so many of them that that you're like that dude's not going. Luchasaurus is not going. Um, I, I really don't think Brian Cage is going. No, I don't. Think I mean, and and there's enough fits of them the mold, but yeah. and considered had, it, but yeah. there's enough of them who had the the cup of coffee in the big leagues, like Trent, you know, uh, Sean Spears. Uh, those are people that definitely aren't going back. I I yeah. just see you know I I could maybe see Preston Vance. Murderhawk. I could see Murderhawk doing it. Uh, the only thing that holds him back is he did have a cup of coffee in WWE and, and didn't leave on the best terms from what I heard. So, um, One of the Lucha Brothers, but not both of them. Is you think Ray? Um, and that's where I'm just torn. I, I, I've been on record saying that I think Ray is the... Uh, more talented of the the Lucha Brothers, but from a marketing standpoint, Penta sells money, man. Penta's fucking dollar signs because you get him on your show and you're selling masks and you're selling Cero Miedo shirts and and uh, I don't know that that one's tough one way or another. Uh, Peter Avalon would have to put on a shit ton of muscle. And work his way up to the main event before they'd even think about him. Um, yeah, I mean, like Marco Stunt's not going anywhere near WWE. No. Uh, um, well, he'll be under the ring Jung- as the anonymous general manager. Yeah, Ju- Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is money signs, but he's not big enough. He's not big enough, and that's the he would have to put on put on some mass. Um, and they and, would they would force him to use Jungle Jack Perry. Oh yeah. They would force him to be Jungle Jack Perry so that mm-hmm. they could they could exploit his dad's career. Um if it's Fuego, he's just gonna go to be destroyed and they're probably gonna call him um Sin Cara again. I I don't think I don't think you get uh, I don't think you get Miro back. <clears throat> no. Like I say, I um, think most of the form most of the former WWE Active wrestlers, I think, are are gonna say no. Um, but then it would have to be a a dollar sign that's just so stupid, and Mm -hmm. and a guarantee, a downside guarantee over the whole contract. Like, now you gotta pay me the whole contract, regardless. I could see Big Swole maybe going, especially since her husband Cedric is with the WWE. Um. It's a maybe. A potential. Um, 
Yeah. I I I think Thunder Rosa would say no. I think she's got no desire to be in WWE. So, Maybe. But anyway. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up because we've talked for a long time about this uh, subject here. So, um, so yeah, thank you for joining us on Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit. Wrestling, I, I was going to... Is that there? The, the Piss Ant no. Podcast. Yep, right over there. Right over there. Yeah. I did I did the right direction this time. I'm I proud of you. I, I had to think about it. I was like, okay, I pointed this way with this finger, so I have to point. <clears throat> but, but, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you joined us for the live stream, thanks. If you are watching us later down the road on one of the replays or listening to us on the podcast, thanks for joining us that way. Um, do us a favor, though. Whatever way you listened to us or watched us, uh, click that like and share button um, so that other people find us. Uh, that would be great. Uh, you could also, even if you prefer to listen to this on the podcast version, the audio-only version, head on over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel there. We do this live stream every Sunday night and Tuesday night. Um, and so you can come and join us live or, or not. That's fine. Uh, but hit us up with a subscribe and that helps us out more than you possibly know. Uh, but you can support us in other ways. You can go there to shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. And you can buy a shirt like the Pissant podcast shirt, um, or any one of the other designs or the designs that I'm probably going to launch this week um because i've got i'm so close to done with sasha bear so sasha close. bear um i feel like that jumped in front of other stuff because you were that entertained by the I, idea of sasha bear it, it 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 really piqued my creativity so it did it did jump it was very head. it's a very entertaining shirt i don't know that i'll own one i feel uh, like it goes well on the women's shirts yeah uh I, I I feel like it might even have a market to non-wrestling fans who don't even understand what the joke is, but they just see um, <laughs> a t-shirt that says Sasha Bear on it. Sasha Bear and has a female Yogi Bear with blue hair. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> um, but uh, but you can buy a shirt or a t-shirt, a hat. Uh, Jersey style shirt, like softball jersey shirt. Um, I think I even piss ant podcast shirt, piss ant podcast, whatever you want. Uh, the shirt we just launched the other day. If you find yourself going to a, a wrestling event, whether it's AEW, WWE, the autograph uh, shirt, Cello Pro, the autograph shirt, it's great because it gives you a lot of places for people to sign on the shirt. Uh, plus, if you fill up those places, they can sign on the shirt, right? But then you end up having a, a personalized keepsake from the wrestling event that you went to with all the autographs in one place and uh, notes about what event it was. Uh, so you never forget about it. You can wear it or you can hang it up on your wall. And if you DM us a picture of it, we'll put it on our page. Yep. It, it will be right there, right there. Um, in, instead of where it says Piss Ant Podcast, we'll have a whole picture up there of the shirt that you did at whatever wrestling event you wanted. Uh, Yay! So, 
So um, that's a great way. Or you can head to our Patreon and give us a few bucks a month that way to support us. Um, all of those ways are great. Or like I said, the freeway, liking, sharing, and subscribing, sending out a tweet saying, hey, I just listened to Raw and Order WBU and I liked it. You should too. Uh, all great ways to support us. You can also support us by following us on the social media. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. It's right there. It's also going to be in the doobly-doos down below. You can also follow DA Fabe at... DA Vincent K. Fabe. It is right there as well. Um, all of the links are going to be in the doobly-doos to the podcast uh, pages, to the YouTube pages, to the Facebooks, to the merch to the store. Tadnesco Podcast Tatnisco, Network. Tatnisco, all of that stuff's in the doobly-doos. You can check that out there. But on that note, I'm going to just close things up. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. Allegedly. <laughs>